He washed their feet. Talk about an act of true vulnerability. Talk about an act of utter humility. He washed their feet. Yes, it's Monday Thursday again, dear family. The night when Jesus will be betrayed and arrested. The night before Jesus will be crucified. And on this final night with his disciples, this final night of his life on earth, on this night, just after supper, Jesus goes one by one to all of his disciples, washing their feet. Do you know what I have just done to you? He asks as he finishes. To which, mortified, his disciples just look back at him silently. If I, your Lord, do this for you, he goes on, then so too are you to do likewise for others. And surely the crickets could have been heard chirping outside the window by this point. Silence in response to his words, it had to have been absolutely deafening. For let's face it, this was not what these disciples had signed on to the Jesus team for. No, three years ago, when they'd thrown their lot in with Jesus, no doubt against the advice and the pleas and the warnings of friends and family, three years ago, when they'd signed on to follow this man, it was because they believed that he was going to lead the charge, that he was going to lead or precipitate the revolt against Rome, that he was going to be responsible for freeing their people from centuries of oppression, that he was going to be the one who would ultimately command authority over all the region and effectively over all the known world. That's why they signed on to this thing in the first place. But now, as their time with Jesus culminates in this harrowing week in the capital city, that is, as authorities are looking for Jesus after his temple antics, and as the disciples no doubt sense that the walls are beginning to close in, now amid all of this, their chosen guy, their leader, gets down on his knees, washes their feet, washes their feet, and then tells them that they need to be prepared to do likewise for others, for all others. Dear family, we cannot understand Monday Thursday, and for that matter, we cannot understand Holy Week, and we cannot understand the entire gospel of Jesus Christ if we don't first understand and recognize and feel in our core just how shocking and how scandalous these final details and days of Jesus' life really were. For like many of us, the disciples, when 
pledging their allegiance to Jesus, had assumed that there was going to be something in it for them. That their fidelity to him was going to materialize in some sort of power and gain of some sort in comfort or in certainty or in security or in blessedness. It was going to benefit them in some way, they'd imagined. I mean, let us not forget, most of these original disciples had spent the majority of their lives doing humbling acts of service for others already. Their whole lives, all day, every day. For these were people of low socioeconomic rank, the lowest. Tired of being subservient to those above them. That's who these folks were. But here now was their Lord, their leader, the one whom they had believed would soon enough lead them out of their subservient position and give them status. Now, here was that same Lord telling them that to be His disciples, they had to double down on their willingness to humble themselves and serve others. And if you do this, He tells them here, you will be blessed. And picturing who these disciples are, imagine with me, put yourself in their shoes, in their minds, and can't we just hear them right now? Can't we hear what is no doubt running through their minds in this moment? No, we won't be blessed. We've been doing this our whole lives and we've not been blessed on its account. We followed you in order to be blessed. You are the one who's supposed to make that happen for us, not we ourselves performing acts of service such as this. We've done this all day, every day, our whole lives. Yes, the entire gospel is so upside down, so counterintuitive, that we can't really grasp its meaning if we can't first grasp how contrary it is to our most natural and visceral hopes and dreams and aspirations for it. I mean, the leader washed their feet. The top guy got down on his knees and washed the bottom guy's feet. You all understand how the world works. So where, I ask you, is the power and the gain and the blessedness in that? Yes, it is, once again, Maundy Thursday. Mandatum Thursday. Commandment Thursday. And once more, like every year, we gather as a church family on this holy night of this holy week in order to consider the mandatum that Jesus gave to his disciples just before his betrayal and his arrest. The mandate, the commandment that is to, quote, love one another as I have loved you. And so here's what I want us to focus on this Maundy Thursday. Here's what I want us to take away from this 
holy night. When Jesus issues this commandment by saying, Behold, I give you a new commandment. This commandment is not only new in the sense that it is not one of the Ten Commandments as enumerated in and as given by Moses. It's likewise new in the sense that it is revolutionary in and for all ancient Near Eastern cultures, all classical cultures in general. No one in the ancient Near East, no one in antiquity thought that the way to show righteousness and integrity was to bend low to serve others. No one. No one thought that the way to be most truly human was to show humility. Now humility, until the person in the ministry of Jesus, was not considered a virtue in the ancient Near East. It was considered a shame. That's why Paul later said, I am not ashamed of the gospel. It's because everyone thought the Christian should be ashamed. A crucified Lord? No, it's hard for us to imagine because we're so used to hearing humility lauded as an aspirational virtue, lauded but not really quietly desired to be followed. No, no one in the ancient cultures, though, thought this. No one in the ancient cultures taught that humility was a trait to aspire to. Instead, everyone thought that power and prestige and status and might were traits and positions to aspire to. Then, once there, perhaps, once there, one might be magnanimous or benevolent. But those aren't the same things. Magnanimity and benevolence are far cries from humility. For humility is the deliberate act of bringing oneself low, of not only putting oneself on the same plane as another, but in fact placing one, at least temporarily, beneath the other in a subservient position. Yes, I give you a new commandment, Jesus says, and then hearkens to washing their feet. Do that. Humble yourselves. Humble yourselves like this. Scandal indeed. Two thousand years later, we have the opportunity, dear family, to reflect on how well we follow this new commandment given unto Christian disciples. An opportunity to ask ourselves, do we not only love others, but do we love others like Jesus did in such a way that we are willing to humble ourselves before them? Do we truly want to follow Jesus? It's always a live question. Do we truly want to follow Jesus even when we realize that it means a way of humility rather than a way of comfort or power or prestige? 
And if so, are we willing to, figuratively speaking, go so far as to wash others' feet? Not just our peers and not just our friends, but even those whom we perceive to be different from or somehow beneath us. Do we love others that way? Yes, as we prepare to partake of the bread and the cup, as we prepare to remember that final meal that Jesus and his disciples shared that long ago Thursday night, let ourselves ask that question. And then this one. Are we really ready for what this bread signifies? And are we really ready for what this cup signifies? It's a question we don't only answer once. We keep answering over and over again for the entirety of our Christian lives on this side of eternity. Are we really ready right now? Yes, let us ask ourselves as we prepare for the betrayal and the crucifixion of the Lord whom we profess to follow, will we follow Jesus even unto the cross? And if so, will we stand there beside him even as all others run away in fear and in shame? A new commandment I give unto you, saith our Lord. Love one another as I have loved you. Amen.